Welcome back to the Reptiles with Podcast. We're hanging out at the February uh, Tampa Repticon Reptile Show. This episode was brought to you by Repticon Reptile Shows. All right, buddy, introduce yourself. Hi there. So my name is Emilio Hernandez. Yep. I own Nightfall Exotics. Cool beans. All right. So last show, we were talking about something cool that you had, which you brought, I guess, a cousin. That is the, uh, so you have a Chinese cave gecko with you. Tell me a little bit about that. So I focus on cave geckos uh, with the entirety of the Gonierosaurus genus. Yeah. And uh, last show we were talking about uh, the Gonierosaurus orientalis, the Japanese cave geckos. Yeah. Which I've been working with for about two years consistently now. Okay. And then uh, I also work with a couple other species. So today I have a Gonierosaurus hynanensis, a the Chinese cave gecko, one okay. of the more common species that we yeah. see. So uh, Japanese cave geckos, as far as I know, they are uh, pretty pricey. What would you say, uh, other than demand, what makes the Japanese, I guess, more sought after than the Chinese cave geckos? A large part of it is that fewer people are working with them right now. Okay. Uh, they used to be much more popular about a decade ago, and then people kind of got out of them. And then after they got CITES listed, uh, small groups of people that still had them started breeding them and not really selling too many of them. So they yeah, kind of became a... They almost uh, disappeared in the hobby for a little bit. And then uh -huh. now there's a bit of a resurgence. Okay, and then I know that in one of the Tiki's Geckos videos, they show like a couple different kinds. Is there like specific kinds that you're working with? So right now I'm working with four species. Okay. I'm working with Hynanensis, Bawanglingensis, Orientalis, uh -huh. and recently I just started working with the Vietnamese cave geckos, okay. the Araneus. Okay. And so the plan is to expand a little more into the genus in the future, but it's a little bit hard to find uh, ready-to-breed adults right now for other species, especially due to the fact that a lot of people are holding back the majority of their yeah, stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I personally, cave geckos are probably some of the nicest, uh, more land-dwelling geckos, you know, as opposed to, like, stuff that's more arboreal, um, it, you know. Now, the, the one that you had at the last show, the Japanese one, I mean, that thing was just out of the world. Is there, like, is there one that's, like, specific that you like? Like, if, do you have, like, a preference on one? So, if I could pick absolutely any yeah. of them, I really love the Kuriawai. Okay. Uh, they kind of vary a little bit, okay. but a lot of the pictures that you'll see on Google, uh, they're almost entirely black. They have those red eyes, and then they have orange stripes down their lats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they ha they're, like, one of the more unique-looking Japanese species, and they're one of the harder to find ones at this point too so those are yeah. definitely on my list for the future all right and now care and breeding walk me through that process so care for uh, the cave geckos is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people tweak it in different ways uh, but what i find works really well is to keep them on a sand and soil mixture okay. i always include some sphagnum in there um, a lot of people keep them bioactive uh, the priority is just to keep them in a moist environment they like it more humid and uh, they don't necessarily need under tank heating they really can go very well within the range of the 70s it's just good to not let them go below 69 okay. or above 80. okay and then you know in terms of feeding these guys are super open to different insects i do crickets uh discoids as well as various species of worms yeah you think it's like uh as far as ease of care um, I, and I'm always careful with talking about that yeah. because people think that like, oh, it's easy. I could just maintenance it like low, like low maintenance kind of thing. But would you say in relation to something more popular, a leopard gecko, what's easier? So cave geckos, if you do your research right, require less 
uh, you, you could call it items than a, a leopard gecko okay. would. That being said, you know, you should always prioritize getting everything for the animal that you're working with. Yep. But cave geckos, they don't require under tank heating and they don't require overhead lighting. Uh, some people will use UV for them. You can use UV for them, but as long as you're making sure that you're supplementing with the proper calcium and other vitamin right. supplements, they also don't necessarily require overhead lighting. Okay. And what what are what's their like um, natural habitat like? Like where can where where would somebody find one? So cave geckos are kind of distributed throughout Eastern Asia. Okay. And amongst uh, the Vietnamese ones, the Chinese ones, and the Japanese ones, their habitats kind of range a little bit. Okay. Uh, the cave gecko is a bit of a misnomer because they don't actually live in, in caves, caves, but they live towards the entrance of them. They prefer cooler areas where they'll generally hunt for millipedes and isopods and similar yeah. smaller uh, arthropods. Yeah, very, very cool. And the reason why I ask is um, with new species that I personally am getting into, I am going outside of instead of watching how like the pet trade uh, deals with them and 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 like does their care and more what's going on in their natural habitat. How can I mimic that? I specifically did that with like the uh, the brettles pythons that I work with. You know, when I was like, okay, I know I'm not going to keep them in a rack. I did a lot of research. It, you know, I was like, okay, they're from Alice Springs. Like, what's the climate like? What is, what does it look like where they're from? And then I was like, okay, I'm going to design the enclosure. You know, based on that. Uh, but that's very cool. When you go about finding a new species to work with yourself, like what are what are some things that you look for in an animal? So something I've always prioritized, specifically about geckos, is I like species that just pop. Okay. I've always loved you know your cresteds and gargoyles, but I've also always pursued species that kind of catch your eye in a different way. Yeah. For example, what really draws me to the cave geckos is that they naturally have those bright red eyes, which is just something that in a leopard gecko. We, we see as a morph, but in an actual species that has evolved to have those eyes, yeah. it really stands out. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yo, there are some dogs that are just barking right now, dude. How close are those I, yeah. dogs? That is crazy. There's literally, there's dogs barking, there's ducks flying around everywhere. This is a wild show. It is a wild Tampa Repticon already. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. So, um, have you had a, a chance to walk around the show Anything cool? I've been walking around a little bit. Uh, I always love seeing what kinds of cool geckos people bring to these shows. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely excited. To, you know, it's been a while since the last Tampa show, and this is one of my favorite shows to be at because there's always something cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, anything cool coming out in the future that you want to promote? So, I will be at the Daytona show this year. Rock I'm very excited for that. Yeah, uh, I'm ready to, you know, kind of kickstart showing off a little more of what I've been working with. Uh, I'll be bringing some Japanese caves as well as some other species. Yep. And I'm super excited to also show some of the other species I haven't put out on my socials yet. Mm -hmm. uh, the big plan for the next year is I'm going to be actually moving from Florida for a little bit. Okay. And so in that time, I'm going to try to be continuing to grow, you know, Nightfall Exotics. Where are you going to be moving to? I'll be in Massachusetts just for a year. Okay. Uh, what are you going to do up there? I'm going to be uh, finishing up school, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah finishing up my the last year of my grad program. Okay. And then after that, be back in Florida. Rock and roll, man. Listen, I'm going to attack something real quick, and then we'll get Absolutely. going. So, um, in the description, or go to modernreptileshop.com. Uh, we just launched our merch. We have new videos coming out on the YouTube channel once a month, where it's more like short form comedy base so definitely check that out uh, the reptiles with coffee you could also find it on modernreptileshop.com but listen brother thank you so much thank you for having I'll me i'll see you at daytona man yeah i'm tristan kaler with uh run it reptile expo virtual all right so this has been going on for a little bit i know that you've been testing it out on different shows uh can you talk to me about the inception of the idea 
how did this come about? Yeah, so this all kind of started back during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, it kind of just became a thing there because we everyone was stranded at home. The shows had kind of came to a halt yeah. uh, for everyone. And so I uh, was just kind of in my room playing around and was doing a live feeding video, Dang. which essentially kind of turned into a live auction that night. Yeah. Uh, we kind of just did a little giveaway for some of the people that were watching. It was about 2.30 at night, and I still had a nice little following in there. And so I kind of just did a giveaway. They had to pay for shipping, but they yeah. received the animal for free. Uh, and based off that, I uh, had a buddy of mine that was watching it, and he was like, hey, man, you should try auctioning off one of those animals. And so we did that, and we kind of generated some sales that night. And so I got the wheels turning, you know, being yeah, as the yeah, shows yeah. were shut down. We really didn't know how long that was going to take for the shows to get back in action. Uh, so we kind of started putting that in play in one of my small garages uh, that I had on the house. And we kind of just made a small mock-up of what the Gecko Junkie booth, you know, that okay. I have uh, looks like. And we yeah. put some animals on the table and just kind of gave it a nice little presence. And we went live, uh, started streaming it on Facebook. And from there, we ran, uh, I think, one or two events, but we learned that Facebook would shut you down if you were on the event for too long. Really? Or live for too okay. long. So, like, if you run a live on Facebook, I guess, for an extended period of time, uh, they kind of just shut the video down. So we didn't really get shut down because it was, you know, not something we could do on Facebook. It was because of the length of the video. Got you. Um, and one of our participants at the time was using Zoom. So she kind of introduced us to Zoom, and we moved our platform to Zoom. Okay. And so that was kind of really what got the idea of what is now Run at Reptile Expo Virtual yeah. kind of going was we ran a little live auction at my house during the pandemic and we did it multiple times and it was yeah. pretty successful. Yeah, so uh, something that, that you and I pretty much just spoke about before we started recording was that um, you know some vendors might have issues uh, displaying their animals or putting it with, with other people's animals, maybe people they don't trust and stuff like that. How do, you, how do you combat that stigma? How do you yeah. say, like, no, like, you don't have anything to worry about. We have a clean operation. How do you go about that? the logistics of that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a learning curve. We're yeah. going to learn as we go with some things where, you know, yeah. every new adventure is going to have things that you have to work out, kinks you have to work out. Yeah. But I think that we're on the right path just by talking to vendors in the shows, yeah. getting feedback. So some things that we're trying to put in play, especially for, like, the ball pythons, one of the main concerns is people – uh, are worried, well, what if another guy's snake has mites, yep. right? And you put it on the same table, and then now they can um, pretty much cross-contaminate one of another. Um, so we came up with an idea where at our check-in station, uh, we eventually want to put in play where if you are bringing snakes, then maybe you treat your snakes right there. Got right? you, So got each you. vendor would treat the snake, which then would show us if they do have mites, Yeah. Um, which would then give us the opportunity to say, hey, you know, maybe you're not welcome at this event just yep. because of this. We're not banning you, but we've, you know, seen this happen. Uh, but we are scanning the animals, trying to watch make yeah, sure make everything sure looks healthy. healthy. Uh, but we did come up with an idea as well, after talking to a couple of vendors, is possibly doing like a vendor highlight spots, yep. right? So what we do is then we auction off or sell spots with your table cost um, to where we would come to your tables certain times of the day. So uh -huh. we can start to create kind of like a vendor layout yeah. uh, so they know from this time to this time we're going to be featuring said vendor. Uh, but then we would come to your actual booth. So that's kind of going to highlight your booth, show people what you really are about, uh, get to show them your display that's at the show, which yeah. is great for branding too. Yeah. Uh, but then it kind of protects your animals. You know, Your animals never leave your table and get put into uh, you know, a setting where they're around other animals. So I think yeah. that that's something we've kind of got figured out and we just got to kind of play around with it yeah so i've been working with uh with repticon now doing you know these podcasts at these shows for a bit over a year and every time that i've had conversations with them 
they're always excited about new and interesting things to do at the shows. Yeah. They do have a lot of care for, you know, wanting to always improve, uh, make it as exciting for the people that are coming to the show as it is for being a vendor here. Like, right. have a good time. And it's something that I've enjoyed about doing this podcast yeah. is getting to talk to a bunch of different people. And, you know, then even the people that I don't talk to, they see that the podcast is going on. Then they talk to me about the podcast. Right. And it's creating a little bit of a situation, you know, where yeah. we all get to enjoy something. Sure. You know, so I think that this, uh, this, this auction is another one of those things where it's like... Um, it could it could avoid you having a bad show, right? You know, like if you were worried about maybe I'm not going to be able to sell much, you could put it in the auction and you could make a little bit of something, and, right. and it's 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 something else to do while we're here the whole weekend, you know, spending our time yeah. here. Um, the uh, the live stream looks great. I was uh, I walked by a couple times. Um, it was very engaging. Uh, I also want to say your table setup is fucking ridiculous. It's awesome, bro. Thanks, man. Yeah, I think more people... I mean, mind you, it's it's obviously not feasible for everybody. Right. You know, because some people are just one table, two table. But I feel like that really is what an expo should be. Just big exposition and, right. and all that stuff. How did you come up with how you're, you know, designing everything? Um, it's honestly just grown over the years. Uh, being yeah. at shows, wanting to set myself apart really is yeah. kind of what the whole thing, you know, leads into. Uh, but then making it exciting and fun for the you know the customers that are walking around the show is the key. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've just kind of grown that and wanting to kind of step the bar up and set the standard. You know, yeah. that's kind of something that we want to offer as run it as well as we want to get in these shows and not just you know point people out for maybe having that one table set up that they can't do it or that they don't have the vision or sometimes maybe people just don't have the resources. Yeah. And so that's what we want to really bring to the table is giving people the resources to help raise their brand, build their brand, and take them to that next level. Yeah. Uh, and if you go back seven, eight years ago, you know, when I started out with Gecko Junkie, we started off as a one-table vendor. Yeah. Um, and thanks to Repticon for allowing me to grow within these shows, uh, we have became what we are now, um, which is a, you know, very... It draws you in. My booth, I feel like if you stand from afar, you can see it. It's very uh, loud, right? Yeah. It, it, it draws your attention. It makes you want to go in there and at least look around and see what we yeah, have yeah, to offer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then the branding aspect of it, you know, yeah. we want to look nice, clean and professional. And that's where we've came up with, you know, the banners and things like that. So um, it's just what I would like to see if I was on the other side of the table. So that's yeah. kind of where it all has strummed up from is just keeping myself on the other side of the table. And what would I like to see if I came into an expo? A hundred percent. And I think one of the best things is dry goods. I think a lot of people sleep on supplies and stuff like that. Um, and you're allowed, obviously you have the animals on the table, but it's like also like people that come here and they need the supplies for the animal Absolutely. you know if you could put a couple items on that suit a couple items on your table that suit the species that you're working with like those are just instant upsells Absolutely. you know like those are different funnels there's different conversations there you know why do, why i prefer this over that and you guys have a lot of branded stuff it's just really 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 about your brand and i i really do enjoy that man so what is something cool and exciting that's coming up um, basically, the launch of Run It Reptile Expo okay. within Repticon, I would say, is the coolest thing we have. Uh, I know for sure right now they've got us on the schedule for Chattanooga. Okay. Uh, so I think that's our next live event we're going to have at the show. So we're looking at kind of building that look for just Run It. But it's going to finally be separated from Gecko Junkie. Oh, okay. Uh, it's going to okay. have its own booth. So it's kind of going to have its own presence in the center of the show. Uh, so people that are walking around can really get the full experience of the Run It. Uh, we have another one scheduled for Asheville. Uh, the Atlanta Repticon, which I think is going to be a really big one. We've the got one there. in July? 
Uh, yes. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there. Okay. Yeah. So we'll actually have to run it there. Uh, but that's really what's fun and exciting. We're working with Repticon to try to help yeah. with like their image at the front door and kind of offer a service for them. So I think that that's going to be great with just growing the expo, uh, getting the vendors really involved. Some things that we're doing right now is we're taking on donations. Anyone okay. that wants to give us a retractable banner, kind of like you see behind me here, uh -huh. um, they can donate those to Run It Reptile Expo. And we will take those all across the country to shows that we go to. There's no charge for that. We just ask they donate that, and we can kind of start to really build the core of Repticon and get vendors' names out there and promote everyone that's within the industry. I love that. I love that because that's just about community. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of people in this industry that can tend to take themselves a little too serious, and yeah. that's not a slight on anybody specific, but in the end of the day, we are a bunch of people playing with animals, That's you right. know, and we should be a community. We should be able to be together as much as we are competition with one another, but it starts at the community. Absolutely. You know, yeah, all that's, right, buddy. That's what we believe in. Thank hey, you so much. One more time, it. where Thanks can people find you? Uh, Run It Reptile Expo Virtual. You can get us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can go to our website, find out more information on how to become a vendor or how to just participate as a customer. All right, buddy. Thank you. Right, Thank you. All right. I'm Tyler. I uh, run Quality Bright Exotics. We work with a bunch of different species over there. I see that. You got something unique and rare in your hands. Tell me about it. So uh, we actually just picked this guy up today at the Tampa Repticon. It's a black tree monitor. We're uh, working towards new species, and uh, tree monitors are going to be one of the, the next big things for us. Do you have other ones? Uh, this is the first one to the project. Um, I'm looking at a couple greens right now. I've been waiting on pressing the trigger on. Okay. Um, but definitely, I'm waiting to sell a couple more of my uh, larger boas and stuff, make some room. Okay, cool, man. That is very cool. So uh, is there a reason why you started with this one, or it's just um, like it was a good deal and you're like, I got to get this It was out. a good deal, and I couldn't pass it up. I've have a, I have a seven-foot enclosure. I've, it's been waiting for one, so I came across the black one, and I, was, I had to. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome. Uh, do you follow, I think his handle is Father Blue on Instagram? I don't think so. Okay, so it's some dude that he works specifically with blue tree monitors. Okay. And I think he went to where they're from and did like a whole like, you know, videos and stuff like that on them. Uh, but he's ha been having some success breeding uh, his blue trees and stuff okay. like that. Okay. So check I'll him send out. you the account so you could so you could definitely check For them sure. out. For uh, sure. So other than these tree monitors, uh, what are you what are you working with these days? What's what's going um, on? So what's exciting. Uh, Exciting. Uh, we're working with more so. Uh, we're going to start working with bull snakes and a uh, variety of different tree frogs. Okay. Um, I'm going to start doing a lot more uh, waterfalls and different kind of paludarium type enclosures and uh, probably going to bring some out to the shows and stuff. Uh, we got four different kinds of white tree frogs we're really going to hit hard this year and um, try, try to do some more colubrids. Yeah, so white tree frogs are definitely increasing in popularity i don't understand why i don't yeah. know if you know this but i am terrified of frogs oh really yeah i did yeah, not yeah. know that yeah should have yeah. brought one on no i would have <laughs> th this wouldn't be happening right yeah. now i'd be running away i'd be doing this alone <laughs> yeah cool bro so uh, what i guess what, what kind of got you to to work with with uh some of the stuff that you're working with it like what is it that you're what when you find a species what makes it like unique to you where you're like i want to work with that more so than over everything else is the intelligence. Okay. Um, I like animals that are smarter. I have a few. Uh, I have acumonitors. They're along the lines of smarter animals. Yeah. Um, I've been working with a lot of different stuff. 
uh, back in the day when I was a kid, I started with reptiles with my dad. He was a wildlife biologist. Um, oh, cool. So I've been working with reptiles pretty much my whole life. So pretty much anything that you're not going to see at a normal reptile show, something that's going to bond more so with me, I guess you could say. Um, something I can train, like I can bring him out and hold him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Something that's going to, when someone walks by my table, they, I want him to be like, wow, what is that? Yeah, yeah. So your dad was a wildlife biologist. Yeah. You have any cool stories? Um, so he was, when he was a wildlife biologist, it was back in Ohio. Okay. Um, we had, he, we would bring home buckets of animals. We, he'd research them. We all, we'd get to go let him go. So it was like, it was real fun doing the conservation. Um, but by the time I was like 11, I kind of started doing my own thing. And, uh, I volunteered at a pet store actually on, in Akron, Ohio. Okay. And, uh, that's kind of where I got started on my own path and learning kind of what I wanted to do and what I like. Um, back in Ohio, we had berms and retics and all the fun stuff you can't have here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I've had to cater a little bit differently. That's why I did the boas and the carpets and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not really as much of a passion project as the larger snakes were. Yeah, yeah. Um, so actually getting uh, persinas, um, just playing with the keel bellies and the smaller, it's like a small tree monitor basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really sparked my interest in the tree monitors. Cool. So you worked at a pet shop. How was that experience for you? Um, it was good. It was just an older guy um, and me. I was running it, and uh, he was kind of teaching me, mentoring me along the way because I was 11 until I moved here when I was 16. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I stayed there. So I basically worked for feeders for my reptiles. So, oh, that's cool. So yeah. it was a good, a good it's trade. It's always good to have, like, a mentor. So you, your whole family moved here? Oh, uh, me and my brothers moved you and here. Your brothers? Yeah, me and my older brother got our younger one, and we came, yeah. came to Florida. <laughs> that's cool, man. So why Florida? Is it just because um, you could have... So much shit. It's just amazing here. Uh, yeah. came Honestly, I came for a vacation and almost didn't leave. And I went back and we're like, packed our shit and let's go. Nice, dude. So this uh, quality bird exotics, you do that yourself or you do that with your brother? Yep, uh, that's me. Uh, okay. My little brother does stinks exotics. He does crested geckos, isopods and stuff. He's kind of poking around to see what he wants to work with too. Okay. Um, so he does his own thing. My older brother has like tortoises and stuff. He doesn't breed. He just keeps for fun. Um, so quality bred exotics is me. Uh, they help me and stuff. But yeah, it sounds like uh, your dad set you guys right, man, with all that wildlife stuff. Yeah, the, definitely have, being around it as a kid definitely set me up and more so about what's best for the animals' interests and the bioactives is was not a thing back at the pet store. Like it was ten years ago. No, of course, nobody yeah, really change. did the bioactives and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. or at least not around me. Um, so that's all new territory in the last few years for me. So I've been really trying to hit hard and. I want to take a couple of trips and see see more stuff. Yeah, man. Damn, that's real cool, man. Well, I look forward to your future. Um, are you going to be doing the Daytona show? Um, I was debating on doing it. Um, okay. I was just seeing what really I have to bring. Uh, a lot of stuff's being paired up and deciding what I'm holding back and everything. Yeah. What are you producing most? Uh, most is going to be the White Street Frogs. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I, have, I mean, those yeah, fucking spawn a million. Exactly. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I just paired up like eight different uh, King Snake and Gopher Snake pairings. Um, I have a couple boas paired up, mm. but uh, a lot of stuff I'm really just trying to, to shift gears here. Hell yeah, dude. Well, all right, bro. I'll leave you to it. I know you got your table and you got to go sell your animals and stuff like that, Heck but it was yeah. great talking to you. It was nice talking to you, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. All right, baby. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. It's pretty much the end of the show. Senor Eric, we're here with Reptiverse, tell me. Hi. You you picked up some stuff. Talk to me about it. Yeah, today uh, I went home with a couple things. It was more of a utility. Yeah, yeah. Pick yeah. up. I got some lettuce. I already forgot what kind of greens dandelions. I got. Yes, yeah, so I got some dandelion greens for you the, get, uh, the tortoises and shit. The veggie, the veggie boys are gonna eat that. Veggie I got boys. some crickets for the non-veggie people. Yeah. And then I also went home with a turtle tub. It's okay. not a pond. It's a tub. Yeah. So, so it's you, cool. you and I have been talking a lot uh, back and forth the past couple years since I've known you. 
about what you should probably do with your turtles because you, you have yeah. a lot of turtles. I do. A little bit of like, you know, diff different species, almost like a little bit of everything pretty much. No, it's not that much. It's Dude, it's just side necks and the three stripes. And? And two miscellaneous, the diamondback and then the Japanese pond. Yeah. Those I don't really incorporate because those are pets. Yeah, but then we're, you, you know, you running into the problem of housing because overstocking yeah don't overstock your turtle tanks like i do yeah yeah so but yeah. you got the turtle tub because you know you're already producing a bunch of striped mud turtles yeah but now you're gonna try to put them outside try to put them outside actually separate my turtles so it can alleviate the stress of them being together and alleviate my stress of having to clean that tank constantly yeah and i i think it's time to go outside I think they do a lot better. Yeah, I'm yeah, in a yeah. place that I can actually have stuff outside. Yeah. So now I get to play around with like terrain, and I get to look at the sun, and I can actually see how things would put be put together. So I think it's gonna be a pain in the ass, but I'm gonna love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I really do have to pay attention to outside stuff. I have to be more attentive to temperatures. I'm basically, gonna be a rancher. Yeah. A turtle rancher. Turtle farmer. Yeah, turtle farmer. Like, yeah. It's gonna be great though. I'm really excited. I've been wanting that tub for a while, and I actually saw one that was pretty cheap. Yeah. So I'm going to throw those three stripes outside. See how play around do. with it. Yeah. Solcata's going outside, too. Good. This is going to be my big outside move because almost everything is going. The spiny tail is going out there. Yep. I already got the Chinese water. This, I already said the solcata. Yeah. And as many turtles as I can outside. Yeah, yeah I think the majority of them that you have are going to be able to go outside. I think the yeah. only one that would probably stay inside is your is the Japanese pond turtle. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to keep one or two inside so I can actually have something to look at. Yeah. And I'd like to actually make a nice display tank for, yep. you know, the, the living room would look nice with that. Uh -huh. So I, I do really want to try to keep that diamond back inside, but it's got to go outside. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Uh, now, the show's going on. Before mm -hmm. I ask you, like, what cool thing you saw at the show, um, did you notice that they are doing an auction at these shows? I did notice. So it's at the Gecko Junkie section. And... That whole display. Yeah, I was gonna say. By the way, that is probably the coolest display I've seen in a while. That display they have is ridiculous. Walls of stuff like merch, yeah. shirts, posters, and they got their tables. It's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a I whole situation going on there. We got to do that. The reptiles with. We're planning on it. Yeah. If, I, if we could get fucking Tino and Chuck to cooperate Listen, to come to these shows, <laughs> we don't need them for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, it would be sick to just have displays. Yeah. Have some stuff for sale but just have the displays here. People can see the podcast and they can actually see like an animal that we bring out or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it'll cool. be fun. Something different. On their table, they had a, uh, a an adult female pied pecanata. Yeah, I saw that. That's yeah. probably my favorite animal I've seen today. Really? Mm -hmm. Was there anything else that was cool that you saw today? I saw a white spotted gecko. White spotted gecko. Yeah. Okay. I'm um, a big fan of the Bibron's gecko. Okay. Nobody cares about it. It's just a really cool little gecko from Africa. It looks similar. Yeah. They just get way bigger. Um, yeah, I like geckos. Yeah, I that was a cool one. Uh, on uh, OTW's table, mm -hmm. they had the albino carpets. Yes, that's cool. That was pretty sick. They had some albino Darwins there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else was at the show? I saw a lot of turtles actually today. I wasn't planning on seeing that many turtles. Oh, I might go home with turtles. You, you would. I haven't you decided should. yet. So leave a comment if you I should, should buy more turtles. You should. They look to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was... Uh, you should take home that intermediate. Uh, I don't know, man. But yeah, yeah. dude, uh, anything you want to plug? Anything coming up for you? Baby carpets Baby in five years. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Three stripes and such. Yeah. But uh, I think actually, if not the weekend that... Uh, the Friday that this comes out, the Friday after, I'm going to be posting up the second video of our little comedy skits that we're doing. 
Which comedy skits was is, it? It's not like comedy Are skits. Are you talking about the games? The games, oh, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. the games. We're going to do more of those. Yes, we got to do more of those. More. Uh, we have the new merch that's out. I have to uh, plug that again. The Reptiles with Coffee, always, but also some badass fucking shirts that we all agreed upon. Oh, yeah. There's uh, some team shirts, so if you like Chuck, Tino, or me, you could pick a shirt. You can't pick one for Eric because he wasn't visible at that point. <laughs> he didn't have an opinion. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else, buddy? That's all I got. All right, guys. Yeah, I'm good. This episode was brought to you by Repticon Reptile Shows. Thank you so much for checking it out. Like, comment, and subscribe, and share with your reptile-loving friends. Later.